Hello, welcome. Today I will be discussing the book, The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure, by Greg Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt. This work is described by the authors as a book about wisdom and its opposite, and begins with three pieces of wisdom that is essentially the foundation for their claims. Prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own thoughts, unguarded. But once mastered, no one can help you as much, not even your father or your mother. The line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. The opposites to this wisdom, the authors indicate, are three great untruths. The untruth of fragility, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. The untruth of emotional reasoning, always trust your feelings. And the untruth of us versus them, life is a battle between good people and evil people. The authors indicate these untruths are not explicitly taught, but instead are conveyed to young people by the rules, practices, and norms imposed on them, often with the best of intentions. In their book, Lukanoff and Haidt proceed to demonstrate how the three great untruths and the policies and political movements that draw on them are causing problems for young people, universities, and in general, liberal democracies. Sounds like a terrible mess, so let's break this down. We will start with the untruth of fragility, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Essentially, the authors indicate that children are not fragile, but anti-fragile. To maintain their anti-fragility, they must be exposed to the challenges and manage age-appropriate stressors. Concept creep has grossly expanded conceptions of trauma and safety, which are now used to justify overprotecting children of all ages, including university students. iGens are enmeshed in a cult of safety, safetyism, which strives to eliminate any threats to them, reinforcing the notion of their fragility. And the second untruth. The untruth of emotional reasoning. Always trust your feelings. The authors discuss here that feelings are always compelling, but not always reliable, often distorting reality, depriving one of the reason and insight and damaging relationships. According to the authors, one must talk back to their emotions to interpret things. A method to do this is through the process of cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, or as is reframed in the book, cognitive behavioral techniques. Microaggression, which they define as a way of thinking about brief and commonplace indignities and slights communicated to others, often not negative, intentionally, but can have a negative impact. The authors are concerned that isolating intent and only concentrating on negative impact really doesn't represent the process of communication. The authors also offer the notion that the labeling of communication as aggressive, including through lens of microaggression can amplify the notion that pain is experienced and conflict can result, which leads to uninviting speakers to campus who challenge your beliefs. And now, the third untruth. The untruth of us versus them. Life is a battle between good people and evil people. About this, the authors say, humans have evolved as part of tribes, and even today, in the simplest of terms, we readily divide the world into us and them. Using this concept, the authors describe identity politics and break that down further into common humanity identity politics and common enemy identity politics. Another concept introduced within the framework of this untruth is that of intersectionality, which acknowledges multiple axes of privilege and oppression that intersect. Further, Lukanoff and Haig assert that common identity politics combined with microaggression theory creates a call-out culture which scrutinizes almost everything anyone says, creating an environment where students feel as if they are walking on eggshells. The authors also talk about how groups engage in rituals, including the collective punishment of deviants, to enhance their cohesion and solidarity 
and how cohesive and morally homogeneous groups are prone to witch hunts. They go on to identify that some of the most concerning campus events that match the profile of a witch hunt. Okay, so how did we get here? Lukanoff and Haidt offer six interacting explanatory threads in their book. First, the polarization cycle, the notion that political parties can divide people and promote hate and fear towards one another. And with faculty and students on many campuses leaning more left, there seems to be more hostility from those who lean right, sometimes resulting in call-outs. Second, anxiety and depression. iGen Generations has higher rates of anxiety and depression. The arrival of iGen on university campuses in 2013 coincides with the arrival and intensification of the culture of safetyism. I want to point out here that Canada is experiencing this same disturbing trend, which was identified in the Globe and Mail article by journalist Simona Choice in September 2016, according to the National College Health Assessment, to which about 44,000 students responded. Third, paranoid parenting, described by the authors as an overprotective approach to caring for children, which is harmful and propagates the notion of their fragility and thwarts their ability to develop certain skills, abilities, and mental fortitude to face life. Again, Canada is following suit as indicated in McLean's article by Aaron Hutchins in April 2018, which posed the question, how did good parenting become a crime? Citing instances where parents have allowed their children to certain normal freedoms only to be scrutinized and sometimes punished. Fourth, the decline of free play, in line with the previous explanatory thread, is a result of the overprotectiveness of parents and the fear harm will come to children if left to their own devices. This approach does not give children the opportunity for play, which is important as they test their own thoughts and theories about themselves, other abilities, and the world around them. A Global News article by Leslie Young, posted in October 2018, discusses the decline of play and points to the same disturbing issues as noted in the book. Now the fifth thread, the bureaucracy of safetyism. Here, the authors discuss how university campuses have grown in bureaucracy through the actions of well-intentioned administrators who want to protect their students and minimize the liability of their institution. The sixth thread is the quest for justice. The authors talk about political events which are significant and have led to university students to have strong commitment issues with social justice. The authors also discuss the notion that correlation does not imply causation and identify that this idea plays out in many university campuses. Okay, so now we have heard all about the issues, not only based on experiences in the U.S., but in Canada as well. We are left now with figuring out what needs to happen to fix this. The authors help us with that and offer ways in which we can wise up. We need wiser kids. We need to help them build their anti-fragility. We need to teach them how to temper emotional reasoning with talking back, discourage black or white thinking, and promote giving people the benefit of the doubt limit and refine device time, support a new national norm, service or work before university. We need wiser universities. We need to intertwine the university's identity with freedom of inquiry, pick the best mix of people for the mission, admit greater diversity in the student population, orient and educate for productive disagreement, work against the three great untruths, draw a larger circle around the community, promote common goals and interests as a foundation. And finally, we need wiser societies, where negative effects are explored and benefits are optimized for social media, where the drawbacks of overprotective parenting and developing better approaches to embrace and support free play and freedom is explored. 
where a shift to a common humanity perspective creates better identity politics, where universities commit to truth as a process, embracing diversity of thought. And that is how, according to the authors, things can be improved. One of the book's concept I would like to dig into a little deeper is the untruth of emotional reasoning. Always trust your feelings. As I read this portion of the book, I struggled a bit, not because I am not a proponent challenging of one's thinking, but I am familiar with the notion of microaggressions and broadening awareness of words and ideas that I believe to be inappropriate, having the potential of being offensive to others. As a person with some privilege, I believe sensitivity is this important thing in helping everyone to work towards an environment of understanding and insight. Having said that, I cannot deny the assertions of the authors about the importance of challenging one's thoughts and assumptions so as to not awfulize and demonize the words of others. Although I am not condoning intentional slights or people's ignorance, this notion does align with my beliefs of personal accountability, both about what one says and how someone chooses to react. The notion of giving people the benefit of the doubt and seeking to understand a viewpoint before demonizing it also makes sense to me and aligns with my accountability belief. I also wondered if this untruth has really that prevalent within the Canadian context. Here's what I found. Students believe words hurt and can be harmful to them. On February 10th, 2019, in the Vancouver Sun, Maxwell and Hunt covered a story about Dalhousie's incoming interim president, Peter McKinnon, and the silent protest of his hiring. Protesters claimed because of the book, University Commons Divided, that McKinnon wrote, he threatens their safety and that his hiring has caused them harm and that he must be fired. Challenging your thoughts to ensure that they are based on reality is important. A student resource from the UW Student Success Office Learning Services, dubbed as Reality Testing, aligns with some of the messaging in the book in reference to challenging thinking errors. This resource offers ideas to students to help claim their thoughts and offer a chart outlining situation, errors in thinking, realistic thoughts, and first step solutions. A resource one can say encouraging anti-fragility and the challenging the untruth of emotional reasoning, Lukanoff and Height would be proud. Not everyone is welcome to speak on Canadian campuses. The Walrus is a Canadian general interest magazine, which in August 2019 ran an article by William Pang titled How the Alt-Right is Winning Over University Campuses, identifying the movement as gained ground among students by blurring the lines between free speech and hate. The article spoke of situations occurring in the campus of the University of Toronto. Pang described the process by which activists mobilize and similarly strategize under the banner of free speech to ultimately create chaos on campus and shut down the conversation. Taking a common humanity approach in declaring expectations can help bring clarity. In March 2019, the Frontier Center for Public Policy in a piece presented by Philip Carl Saltzman titled The Growing Threat of Repressive Social Justice identifies the current restriction of ideas on campuses as being unacceptable to the provincial government of Ontario who, in August 2018, mandated Ontario universities to protect free speech with Premier Doug Ford stating, colleges and universities should be places where students exchange different ideas and opinions in open, respectful debate. Our government has made a commitment to the people of Ontario to protect free speech on campuses. According to the government guidelines, province requires universities to provide a definition of free speech based on the University of Chicago Statement on Principles of Free Expression, spoken about and referenced in the Codling book. All of these references link to the untruth of emotional reasoning. And so I leave you today with the same way we started, with three pieces of wisdom. Prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. 
Your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own thoughts, unguarded. But once mastered, no one can help you as much, not even your father or your mother. And the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. I hope this podcast has enlightened you to this wisdom, its meaning, its application, and its importance, particularly in reference to university campuses, students, and administrators. This is Chloe Henderson signing off for now. Keep current and keep informed. Enjoy your day.